This is the Blaze Radio Network at theblaze.com slash radio. We're at a point in time where that church leadership and church voice is needed more than it's ever been needed before. Um, there has to be a voice of moral clarity, and if the people who have the morals don't speak with clarity, it's not going to come from any other source. And so we were looking at these polling results even 10 minutes ago. Uh, overwhelmingly, uh, parishioners are saying, we want our pastors to address the really hard things. We're, we're not getting that, and if we're not going to get that, why don't we just go to a church where we can feel good, because we'd rather be intellectually challenged than just feel good. And, and so it really is striking results. We'll probably release those uh, even through Glenn in the next two weeks or so. But there's there's a real cry out there and a real hunger and a real need for people um, who are wanting to see the church step up and, and church leaders step up and, and, and take a real leadership role. Over Glenn's shoulder, you see the, the, the little uh, item there on Twitter, never again is now, the hashtag never again is now. And that's become somewhat of a unifying theme. Uh, back after the Holocaust, the world got together and said, never again will we allow this to happen. Well, it's happening. Never again. It's now. So what are we going to do now at this point in time? Uh, because we've had more Christians martyred in the last 10 years than we've had since Christ left earth. This is this is bigger Holocaust than the church has ever experienced. What are we doing? Who's speaking out? And this means we're going to have to join with some dissimilar people. We're going to have to reach across lines we may not have touched before. We've got to get outside our denominations, our groups. Um, this goes back to what Martin Niedmuller said in Germany. You know, I didn't help them first off because I wasn't a trade unionist. I, I wasn't a socialist. And then when they came for me, there wasn't anybody left. So we just have to stand for what's right, whether it's part of our group or not. And that's what Never Again is now is all about. And that's a message that really God has put on Glenn's heart very clearly. He's been a very loud voice in speaking that across the nation. He has a massive footprint across the nation. This is what God's really put on his heart. So. Glenn, why don't you kind of take us through where you are, bro? Um, thank you, first of all, for um, joining us for a few minutes and, and talking about this. Um, uh, there's there's a couple of things that I want to share with you. Um, first of all, um, my job is made so much more uh, difficult because there are so many pastors and uh, priests and rabbis who are no longer teaching these values. And so as I am a secular broadcaster, I'm looking for things that I can talk about and ways I can talk about even the scriptures or these these main points. And the audience has absolutely no grasp of it anymore because they're not learning it anymore. Nobody is teaching it, and it's so politically incorrect. And, I mean, as we're seeing now... Um, in uh, Denver, where the guy, David, what's his name, the baker for the... Jack Phillips. Jack, Jack Phillips, Masterpiece Bakery. Right. He makes a... He, 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 he has no problem serving gay people or anything like that, but he doesn't want to make their wedding cake because of his religious point of view. And the Court of Appeals in uh, Colorado has just ruled that he doesn't have a right to conscience. He does not have a right to his religious view. In fact, he's now facing jail time because he is not even allowed to express those views because it might lead to more discrimination. We are in such trouble right now. Um, And my feeling 
uh, that I have gotten on, on promptings. We all have our own kind of calling and we all are standing at a different part of the wall. And uh, what the Lord has uh, put on my heart is that we have three issues now that he could not make more clear. One is this deal with Iran uh, that is we're supposed to we're supposed to make a decision by September 18th. And what they're asking us to do is to choose between Israel and Iran. Iran has said they will vaporize the Holy Land. So we are being asked, choose between life and death. Which one do you choose? Unfortunately, I think our country is probably going to choose death. It's going to choose Iran. But what are the people saying? They have to choose. The other one is ISIS. As David said, our our brothers and sisters in Christ are being slaughtered, enslaved, used as young as nine years old, used as as a a sexual object for those who are fighting on the battlefield. Members of ISIS come and they rape the nine-year-olds every single day, soldier after soldier after soldier. We have a menu of what it costs to buy a nine-year-old girl on the slave market from ISIS. It is evil what is going on. It is death what is going on. And we are silent as a church. We're silent as a nation. And the third thing, I don't think God could make Planned Parenthood any clearer to us. Anybody who says, well, it's a choice. No, it's a petri dish of little arms and legs. Not since Mangala have we seen this kind of a holocaust happen. And and people are losing interest already. People are starting. There's another video that just came out, and it's not even trending on Facebook or Twitter. We as people, I believe, are seeing a red line put down by God. And he is saying we are a covenant nation. Only one that has ever been this is ancient Israel. George Washington made a covenant when he took the oath of office. And we are a covenant nation. If we are his people, we will be his people if we choose him as our God. He has made these things so clear that people must stand together and choose him as our God. And stand and say, no, 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 we meant it. We choose life every single time. We choose light over darkness. We choose God over Satan every single time. And so that's what was put onto my heart. And I couldn't stay silent anymore. I'm a broadcaster that has been outspoken on politics. And I have talked about God a lot. But I, I, am, uh, I am a secular broadcaster. And I am almost all God now because we're out of time. And I was doing an event um, here at my studio a few, uh, about two months ago, and God had put this on my heart that we are supposed to make this stand, and we're supposed to gather arms, and we're supposed to be seen by God and by others standing and saying, not in my name. And um, I didn't know where I was going to do it or how we were going to do it, And I was giving a speech here at our studios, and we had about 250 pastors and and preachers there. And there was this guy sitting about halfway back, 
who caught my eye and the Lord just kept talking to me while I'm trying to deliver this speech. He just kept saying, you got to talk to him, you got to talk to him, you got to talk to him. I get off and the crowd disperses. And I said to one of my guys um, who has great spiritual radar, I said, um, there was a guy in the crowd that I think God is telling me I need to talk to. And he said, I know the guy like fifth row back black guy. And I said, yeah, did you hear that too? And he's like, oh, God was so clear. So we went and found him, and it happens to be Bishop Lowe. And uh, I said to him, Bishop, I don't know why God wants me to talk to you, but he wants me to talk to you. And he said, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Bishop, but he said, Glenn, God told me on Monday that I was supposed to write you a letter because we're supposed to do something together. And uh, he said, I didn't know we were going to even be in the same room uh, this week. And um, and I said, well, what is it that you are thinking? And he said, I don't know. But he said, but I have a church in Birmingham, Alabama, and I was part of the 16th Street uh, bombing when it happened. I was a kid and I was there. And he said, I've been part of the healing of Birmingham and trying to unite Birmingham. And I said, Bishop. We are thinking about doing something called restoring unity, and we are standing for life. And we are trying to bring people together of all walks of life in all denominations. And and I don't know if those of you on the conference call are feeling this like I have felt this, but God is saying, I'm coming. And I don't... I. I'm going to settle the score with all the different denominations and I'll tell who's wrong and who's right when we get there. You concentrate on doing what I told you to do and you better stand together or they're going to pick you off one by one. And we have to join arms and we can argue about our, our theological differences later. We have to stand arm in arm together like these great civil rights leaders did in the 1960s. It is different this time than it was in the 1960s. But in many ways, it is the same. If we don't come together and link arms and stand in the name of God, we will be picked off one by one. And that's what we're doing in Birmingham, Alabama. It's We're going to kick this off and then ask people and pastors and um, priests and rabbis and anybody else who has any kind of flock to continue this um, this uh, over the next year to try to train people to stand for God and to stand for what is right. We are going to be the next civil rights movement. Um, and that may, um, uh, that may be a big thing or a small thing, I don't know. But I know that it's time to find the Dietrich Bonhoeffers and the Martin Luther Kings and the Abraham Lincolns and the Mahatma Gandhis and have them stand. And we're asking for you to pray and to search your soul and to see if God has has asked you to stand and be the next civil rights leader, the next giant um, for the world, uh, because we're in trouble. And so we just wanted to invite you. I wanted to tell you a little bit about it. And, and Bishop's going to talk about some of the things that are happening uh, in a couple of weeks. But we, we really want to invite you to be there or to take part in any way that you can. And I want to ask you also, we want to know how we can serve you and help you. Because you guys are on the front lines. And if you feel 
if you feel, if I feel half of what I suspect you feel, you feel very alone. And I want you to know there are millions of people that want you to speak out and want to watch your back. Bishop? Well, you know, Glenn, it's for me and, and how this all came about. It is what God did. Um, and for those of you that are out there, perhaps you, I remember reading and just on a Facebook or somewhere, it said that a black pastor invites Glenn Beck to come to his church to speak. And I said, what? <laughs> well, they just said Glenn Beck. They didn't say it that way. But the thing about it was I looked at it and, and, and I'm thinking, well, and I know that in some ways there are those who had a different opinion of Glenn and, and they thought it was something unique. But, uh, and, but let me explain to you what happened. When I, I saw what was happening in the Middle East about what was going on with ISIS and the beheading, I condemned the Muslims for not standing up and saying something about that. And as I looked at that, I, I saw what was going on. And then when I saw what happened in Ferguson, and I saw all of the things that went on, the riots that went on, and and a short time after that was Baltimore, and I saw what happened in Baltimore. And I started thinking about what the Muslims were doing, and I said, the Muslims didn't stand up. And I started looking at, at that, and I remember the Holy Spirit said, you're condemning the Muslims for not standing up for what's wrong. What are you doing about what's going on in your own home? What are you doing about what's going on in your own nation, about the world? You're condemning them, and yet you're not standing up. And I told my wife, I said, I told her, I said, you know, I don't know what it is. I'm going to have to do something. I just can't watch what's going on. I can see the divisiveness. I can hear the preachers that are on TV encouraging people to divide, to fight, to stand for what they call is right. And the only truth that's right is the truth of the word of God. And I told her, I said, I got to do something. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it's going to come to pass. I said, but I need to let you know I need to do something. And a short time later, we got a request uh, by the Irwin brothers to come to Dallas to go to a, a, a premiere of their movie. And they mentioned it was going to be at Glenn Beck Studios. And I told my wife, I said, you know what? I heard Glenn talk about how he felt about certain things. I said, he feels the same way I do. I said, but uh, I ought to write him and ask him to come to the church. But nah, it might be too controversial. And when we got in that studio that day and Glenn started speaking, the Holy Spirit told me, that's the man you need to see. And I just watched him, and the Holy Spirit told him. What I want to say to you that are out there, whoever the clergy is, I don't know who you are, but I want to say to you that it's time we stand up. The church must stand up. The body of Christ, the men of God, though the women of God that believe in truth, that believe in what is right, we need to stand up. Because I know we all have made condemnations and said of the Muslims, well, if this is not Islam, somebody needs to stand up and say something. Well, let me say this. If this is not Christianity, I mean, if this is Christianity, what's going on? Why don't we stand up and proclaim it's wrong? The things that are going on overseas, the things that are going on in our cities, we've got to stand up. When we look at what's going on in urban America, when we look all around, I have a passion within me that I believe many of you have. And I've talked to a lot of you, and you're saying the same thing. I'm saying this is the moment. 
Glenn Beck has given us an opportunity. He is a microphone by which we can stand and we can come together and we can begin to reach out with one another and strengthen one another so we can speak from our pulpits. And what Birmingham is all about, Birmingham was the place where Martin Luther King began to make a strong impact upon this nation. There's a prophetic word that was shared some 50 years ago saying that Birmingham would be a place where there would be an awakening. People would come together. I believe that this is that time. Others believe that too. They've said it before. And what we're doing is we're asking you to come together. Where we come together in Birmingham at 2 o'clock on the 28th of August. A date that Glenn said, but Glenn didn't tell me what to do on that day. Glenn had no idea. In fact, when Glenn invited he got on the radio. I want to tell you all about him. So, you know, Glenn is a microphone and he has a big mouth. I invited him to come to my church. I did not invite all of y'all to come to my church <laughs> on the radio. And he says, I'm going to Birmingham, Alabama. And he says, I'm going to speak at a church there where a brave pastor is. And then when he said all of this on the radio, my phone lines lit up. And guess what? To all of you all out there. He said that, and then I, I, I said, well, what am I going to do when all the phone lines, all these people say, I can't get them in my church. I tried to call Glenn and get in touch with somebody for three days, and nobody got back to me. And when I finally had began praying about what needed to be done, I called Glenn Studios, and I said, look, somebody needs to talk to me because nobody's telling me what Glenn is talking about doing, but I'll tell you what I'm thinking about doing. I want to get pastors together. I don't know what his intent is, but I want pastors because the Lord has shown me we need to come together. And then we need to get the body of Christ. We need to get godly people to come together, and we need to empower them and encourage them to stand up. And I called Glenn, and I said, this is what I believe. And Glenn said, believe it or not, I, you know, I didn't know what he was going to say. He says, I'm with you, Bishop. And I said, what? <laughs> and so this is what we're about. How did that man, Glenn Beck, and me in Birmingham, Alabama, come up with something of a similar idea? Truly, is the Holy Spirit joining us together. I joined with Glenn Beck on All Lives Matter. I joined that life is important. And you, brothers, sisters, that's out there, all lives do matter. And the reason we have such craziness going on today is because we have not taught it from our pulpit. We have been politically correct, and we need to be biblically correct. We need to understand our God is going to take care of us, and we need to speak the truth unashamed without any fear of consequences and trust our Lord and our God. That's what we want to encourage many pastors to do at the 2 o'clock program. And at the 7 o'clock program at the church that, that we have, we want to inspire and encourage the people of God to, to think to speak, and to act that change their environment, wherever we are. Glenn has used the word wall. I didn't tell him to do that, but that's the same thing. We all need to take a stand where we are. And to you that are out there now, you pastors, you leaders, we need to take a stand. This is the moment we need to stand. On the next day, I told Glenn, I said, uh, I want to have a march in Birmingham. Glenn wasn't even thinking about a march. But we're going to do a march because that's what Birmingham is about. But this won't be a march for or where we're going to expect fire hoses or anything. That's not going to happen. This will be a march of unity. I want to join hands with Glenn, with David. I want to join hands with 
with Catholics, Methodists, Baptists, join hands with people of God who are saying it's time we come together, that we be, do all we can with all our diversity to stand as one for what is right. That's what we're going to do in Birmingham, and we need your involvement. We need you there. I need you. You need me. We all need each other. This is about unity. With our diversity, not to have debate over what we believe, but to the one thing that we do accept, we know there is a God, and we will honor him by coming together. That's, that's my heart, and I hope you other, you, others of you can understand this. This is a time for unity, for such a time as if God has brought us together. And there's one more scripture. Maybe one of you all brothers out there or sisters know it right now. That they will persecute us because they don't know him. And the reason they don't know him is because we haven't preached him enough. We've preached politics. We've preached what keeps our people in our churches. We have been appeasers to congregations. And we have not preached as strongly as we should the truth of the word of God. I encourage you. Let's come together and encourage one another. Let's put Christ back where Christ needs to be. Gentlemen? May I just say one thing on what he said? Um, it's, not that, it's not that I agree with him. It's everything that I saw, he saw. And, and, and my, my staff has witnessed when, when, he, when the bishop called us, that's exactly what the Lord had revealed to us. This really, truly is um, born of the Lord. I don't know what he's going to do with it, but it really is born of the Lord. And um, anything that we can do, we all have our own calling. My calling was to build a broadcast facility and a broadcast uh, network that has radio, television, and Internet. We have a footprint of 50 million people. Your job is to feed it. Let me help expose it. I am, there is no one in the media mainstream that is more willing and able and desperate to expose those people who are speaking the truth and speaking it in ways of, uh, of, of courage than we are here. David? And let me, let, let me add, too, that we're at a point that this is not just an event that's going on in Birmingham. This hopefully represents a change of mindset. Um, we all had a friend named uh, Hutchison, Ken Hutchison, and he lived, like Bishop Lowe did, through a lot of the civil rights stuff, and he was part of what went on and, and personally saw it and kept his heart pure through all the, the rough stuff that went on then. And he said, you know, where we are today, he says, Christian is the new black. And, and that really is what has happened, is uh, the stuff that was going with the hostility toward blacks in the 60s is now toward Christians. Mm-hmm. And it, around the world, but you see it in America. Uh, Glenn shared with Jack Phillips. There is a website called religioushostility.org that lists nearly 2,000 incidents just in recent years of arrests of Christians. A 67-year-old man in Georgia spent two days in jail because he gave a gospel tract to someone on a park bench. You have a youth pastor in Sacramento spent nine days in jail because he was in a city park, and it happened to be that he had a little boombox playing Christian music in the city park, spent nine days in jail. We have two pastors in Hemet, California, stood on the sidewalk reading the Bible, got put in jail. Pastor Mark Hollett in Kansas 
stood on the sidewalk, gave out the Gospel of John, spent three days in jail. We have two Gideons in Florida giving out Bibles on a sidewalk, public sidewalk, spent two days in jail giving out Gideon. You know how dangerous the Gideons are. I mean, that, that's a really rough group. This is the stuff going on across America. Every year a report call, comes out called Undeniable, and, and the church cannot keep its head in the sand. Uh, we, our, our faith is at jeopardy, and if, if that faith goes down in America, America does not survive without God. There's just no way around that. And so we've got to show some leadership. We've got to show some backbone. This is not an event in Birmingham. This is a change of mentality, a change of mindset. Uh, it is an approach into a new phase of American history. And we need to be at the vanguard of what goes on. We, the church, have to be the leaders in this thing. Just like the church was the leaders in the American Revolution, we're not looking to pick up guns in any way, shape, fashion, or form. But we've got to have a revolution of thinking, and the church has got to be at the forefront of that. So you've heard from some leaders tonight. If you can make it to Birmingham and be part of that and join arms, uh, it's going to be a remarkable time. If you can't be there, it's still a time for change. It's a time to launch into a new mentality, a, a new way of thinking about things, a new kind of boldness. Uh, step out with the boldness you've never had before. Don't worry if that offends people. Jesus said, hey, I came to sit a, a mother against her daughters and a father against his sons. I came to sit the three against the two. It's a time for leadership and, and speaking the truth, and that's really what, what has to happen. So if you can bur- join us in Birmingham, um, website mercuryone.org has lots of information. Uh, if you can be there at the pastor's conference, we'd love to have you. If you can be there for the march and the event, we want you as well. Um, but in the meantime, you know, Glenn's talked about three red lines that he really believes God has given us as a nation, and we need to be talking about those as well. So thank you guys for joining us tonight. Bishop? Yeah, David, I just want to say one thing. I did find that scripture that I think all need to know about. It's in John 15, the 21st says, Remember the word that I said to you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If we do not proclaim boldly and strongly the word of God, the persecution increases. We have to help people understand the truth of the word of God. If we don't, what are we doing for our children and our grandchildren? We are making it hell for them. Now is the time is the, that we need to come together. I'm encouraging you to come to Birmingham to stand here in Birmingham with me, with Glenn, with David, and with others that are here. We need to do this for our children and grandchildren. That's my heart. That's what it's about. There's going to be some um, amazing people that are joining us, too, and we can talk to you about that at some other time, or you can reach out to um, Andrea or anybody that, um, you know, you have the contact. But there's some... Um, you know, right in the front of the line is um, on one side is going to be Alveda King, and the other side is Ruth Graham. Um, Billy Graham spoke to me uh, a few uh, about two years ago, and I was in his house, and he has a little picture of him and Martin Luther King together. Uh, and when he took a stand in the early 1960s and said, "You know what? Everybody has to sit next to somebody a different color of them." Uh, and he really took a lot of heat and uh, was amazing. So I thought it would be appropriate if both of those 
uh, people were were with us, and and there's a lot of really great people that are joining us for this effort. So we invite you to come. God bless you. The Blaze Radio Network on demand. 